1: Zach Wilson, and it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, oh, oh, slips no, no. a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot
0: race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown.
1: He'll hit, hit immediately. They got the handoff. You know and <laughs> the q Oh, my listen Thank you.
0: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio This is Play Like a Jet My name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At playlikeajet1 And it is time for midweek news and notes So we're joined by our friend Who is plugged in around the league And with the Jets as well Nick Spano, co-founder of U-Stadium Nick, thanks for hopping on buddy Of course man, how's everything? It's better for me right now than it is for Makai Becton. <laughs> Looks like he's going to be out six to eight weeks. Robert Sala came out today, says he doesn't know exactly what the story is going to be because he may opt for surgery, and then that would mean he's out longer. So at the moment... All we know is that Makai Becton is going to miss a significant amount of time, which means that George Fant is going to slide over to left tackle. Morgan Moses will play right tackle. And George Fant today said something that I've heard some iteration of from other offensive linemen, which is that playing one side of the line and then switching to another side of the line is like throwing right-handed and then trying to throw left-handed. So not the most encouraging quote. But it's not something that we weren't expecting somebody like Fant to say because of the fact that we've heard many offensive linemen say it when they've had to switch from the right to the left or the left to the right in the past. So basically, what I'm saying here, Nick, is the Jets are not exactly in the best spot right now with the offensive line.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, that was probably the most, well, one of the most upsetting things to see on Sunday was. You know, the, there's been so much investment and, and excitement, honestly, about the offensive line. And nobody was expecting, you know, the, uh, you know, the Indianapolis Colts week one, you know, but you did hope to see a little bit better of a performance. And, and it started, honestly, with, you know, I, I was at least upset or frustrated to see fans starting over Morgan Moses in the first place, especially with, you know, you the key thing with the offensive line is continuity and reps together. And Moses has been, you know, the guy at right tackle the entire training camp and, uh, you know, preseason. And then to see Fant kind of stuck in there, you know, week one to start and not only start, like played the full game, you know? So obviously until Beckton got hurt when he moved over to, to left tackle and Moses came in, but I just, I was disappointed in, The personnel decisions, and and I'm sure we'll get into more of the receiver situation and, you know, that debacle. But also, you know, Fant now having to move over to left tackle. And, you know, on one hand, it gets Moses in there, who is definitely the better right tackle. uh, But unfortunately, you lose probably the team's best player, one of the best players, and one of the young building blocks. But, you know, as, of course, fitting the best play of the day was... The, you know, had the worst outcome It was uh, the touchdown pass from from Zach, that throw to, to Corey Davis And then, you know, Becton's basically Dead on the ground, so um, At that point, I'm pretty sure everybody Thought it was another, you know Season-ending injury, we wouldn't see Becton So, even in, you know, the worst case If it is six to eight weeks um, You know, at least you'll get him back uh, You know, for the final half uh, Or the second half of the season And, you know, he can at least kind of build on Uh, or at least see what he's got this year and, and, you know, get some, you know, that left side of the line, which everybody was excited to see, you know, Vera Tucker now getting his first few snaps, his first snaps uh, of the, you know, the off season, he didn't really do anything in the preseason and training camp. So, um, and then Beckton goes down. So um, a lot of frustration with the offensive line, but again, it is, it is one week and, Um, You know, hopefully it did get a little bit better after the half. Um, So hopefully they made some adjustments and hopefully they'll continue to do that. um, You know, we'll see some of the improvements and see a payoff for Zach.
0: Unfortunately, Nick, Mekhi Becton, not the only bad injury news the Jets got this week. LaMarcus Joyner, who left the game on Sunday, he is going to be out for the year And Jamie and Sherwood, not as bad. They expect him back next week, but he is going to miss the game on Sunday against the Patriots. The big blow here, of course, though, is Joyner. And so now the Jets' safety position is put in flux. We already had questions about Ashton Davis, but he's hurt right now anyway, so he can't step in. And now it's Marcus May and a bunch of guys that you're just kind of keeping your fingers crossed for.
1: Yeah, and it seems like it's a position we keep drafting players and investing in and we still have no answer. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's just, uh, as a result of bad, uh, you know, personnel decision after bad personnel decision. And then, you know, obviously hit with the injury bug and joiner was somebody who was, I felt was hurt every week in camp and was just a, a snap away, you know, from something like this being ine- inevitable. So I, I'm not surprised, not to sound like a, a dick or anything, but I'm not surprised to see it happen. And, um, now they have to kind of you know, patch a few things together until if this Ashton Davis dude decides to show up and play and hopefully he's better than what he put on tape last year. Cause he was pretty pitiful. Um, but who knows? He gets, gets in a new system and see what he can do. And, you know, again, it's about, it's a development year anyway. Um, you know, Joiner is not a part of this thing long-term. Um, so getting Davis, if he comes back and when he comes back, the most reps possible is uh, not the worst thing, but for now it's going to kind of be pretty ugly with uh, some of these guys, you know, Jared, Jared Wilson or this Red Wine dude who played last week, and um, you know it's going to be those guys against uh, Tom. Uh, wow, I almost called him Tom Brady against Mac Jones and, and the Patriots this week, so we'll see. Positive news on the
0: injury front, however, Jamison Crowder, who wasn't hurt but was on the COVID list, he's back. And Keelan Cole, who was injured for week one, he's back as well. But on the negative side of things, not that it has anything to do with injuries, but we're talking about wide receivers, still nobody can figure out what's going on with Denzel Mims. Robert Sala said that Mims apparently is not a Ph.D. level expert at all three of the wide receiver positions on the field, which leads me to wonder if Jeff Smith is, because Jeff Smith is getting snaps ahead of Denzel Mims. I still don't really understand the rationale here, we know what Mims can do. We've seen his tape. We know that he's talented. We know his measurements. He's a guy that can go up and get the ball. We saw it on Sunday. So you would think, if anything, even if the guy doesn't quote-unquote fit the system, you find ways to utilize his talent. It doesn't appear that they're interested in doing that. I hate to say it, Nick, but at this moment, it really feels like the coaching staff has no use for Denzel Mims. So I don't know how much we're going to see him on Sunday, but the good news is we're going to see plenty of Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder.
1: Yeah, I mean, who, who the Jets definitely can't use a six foot three, four three speed, <laughs> go up and get it kind of out jump any corner in football, like, we're good there. Um, so makes a ton of sense. I'd rather see a, a shitty college quarterback and Braxton Berrios get snaps. And I'm sure they know the entire route tree. I mean, just looks at look at their career resume. So um, a, an excellent decision in, in the waterfall of wonderful decisions by another coaching staff. So I mean, it, it's one way to, you know, really endow yourself with a new fan base is to do something as stupid and, let's be honest, egotistical as, as LaFleur is doing with this uh, Denzel mem situation. And, and I don't, don't want to hear the fans who think they're so smart who say, oh, you know, why put a guy out there who doesn't know what he's doing or can't pick up the playbook or, oh, I think coaches know a little bit more than you do, you're, the, you're not there every day spare me that shit. I can't stand hearing that. And I, and I, you know, was a little fired up about this, um, you know, with Luke and clay on the uh, play like a jet live pot uh, post game after the game. Um, And it just really, honestly, I was more mad that Denzel Mims got that snap and caught that 40 yard pass than I was happy because it was just a kick in the ass. And it was just a tease because we know he's not going to get snaps next week. You've got Cole coming back. You get Crowder coming back. If he wasn't getting snaps last week, when is he going to? Is he even going to dress next week? I mean, you have to play Jeff Smith, right? I mean, he's just, he's great. <laughs> um, so it, it's a really frustrating situation. I'm so sure Mims is pissed. And, um, you know, but between Crowder coming back, getting Cole now, who, you know, he's a nice player, solid depth player. He's, he's nothing special, but he's going to see snaps because. He can, he can play all three positions as, as Salah was saying. And, um, you know, you're going to have Mims who was a second round pick, um, just, you know, a year ago and he can't get any snaps in a, you know, when they say it's a developmental year, you have the ultimate developmental piece in a wide receiver who is extremely raw, but extremely talented, but won't see the field because Berrios and Smith and Cole are going to be a part of this team in three years. so. um, Great situation here That's that's a good way to get the fans excited About a year where there's not going to be Many victories on that schedule
0: I have to address the people That keep saying what you said Nick Which is that the coaching staff knows best And you have to have faith in them That's fine to an extent, but that doesn't mean they're above being questioned. And also, on top of that, let's not pretend like Mike LaFleur is Sean Mm -hmm. McVay. He doesn't have some sort of proven track record as an offensive coordinator. That doesn't mean that I know more about football than him. It doesn't mean that Nick knows more about football than him. But it also means he's not infallible, and it means that you can't just trust everything he says without criticism. He's not above that. On top of that with Denzel Mims, what I keep coming back to, and I was talking to Luke about this the other day, when Brett Coleman was on Play Like a Jet, I remember we were talking about DK Metcalf, and I said, I don't know about drafting him, he doesn't really know that many routes, he's only capable of running maybe two or three routes, and so Brett Coleman said, so what? I said, what do you mean? Don't you want a guy with a lot of routes that he can run? He said, sure, ideally, but how many routes could Calvin Johnson run? Who stopped him? Mm -hmm. Who's going to stop DK Metcalf? And I hadn't really thought about it that way, but he was 100% right. I stopped and said, you know what? You're right. I was still nervous about the injuries, and I think there's reason to still be concerned about that over the long haul with DK Metcalf. But as far as the route tree, if he can dominate running two or three routes, so what? And with Denzel Mims, I would say – even if he doesn't know every single route in the playbook or whatever, fine. Put him out there, have him run a couple of routes that he does know, and let him be a work in progress and develop him throughout the course of the season. I'm not saying that he has to get out there over Corey Davis, but there's no reason that I need to see Jeff Smith out there when Denzel Mims is sitting on the bench.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely true, and you know, just just because he might not fit Lafleur's system, and and God forbid, because you know, let's say he's the next Bill Walsh. <laughs> um you, you, the best coaches make you know talented players you fit your system around the player like that you know you go away and you, you know, the, the, you know the most uh you know the, the most prized possession in this league is talent they're looking for talent and they, they you know they leave no stone unturned this guy has a ton of it and for you to not play him because maybe he doesn't know every route and every every position or every you know, wide receiver position out there and, and he can't do, you know, he can't run a route in the slot like a Berrios can or, or a Crowder. You're going to give up or, or waste a potential star receiver who has star, intang- uh, star ability just because he doesn't know your system. That's a red flag to me. And, and I don't want to seem like I'm down on the floor because I'm not, you know, I think he had a rough day, which is fine. It's his first game as a, you know, as a, as a pro, you know, play caller, but there are some, some red flags that make you worry about a guy like him, you know, the personnel decision so far, what he's kept with this tight end slash fullback room is, is a joke. Um, And this, in this MIMS situation, the backup quarterback situation. So there are personnel situations that you're not fond of. Um, And now you're, you're getting into the actual uh scheme of it and, you know, you can't be thrilled about that. So, yes, he deserves criticism. And no, it doesn't mean I don't think he's a good coach because I am criticizing him. And it doesn't mean that I know more football than LaFleur because I don't, not even close. Um, So long story short, and what you said is 100% true. And let's let's be real here. You're talking about an organization that's probably made, you know, 90% of the decisions they've made in the past 10 years have been the wrong one. So let's not act like they don't deserve any criticism or any skepticism here and that they deserve the benefit of the doubt. Because if there's one franchise that doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt the past decade, it's the New York Jets. So, you know, give yourself some credit as a fan if you're sitting there saying, why is Jeff Smith playing and getting, you know, 40% of the reps and Denzel Mims has had three and Mims, even if you want to call it three, I felt like I only saw him once, maybe twice on on another, you know, botched play. Um, And the one play he gets in there, he has the longest pass play of the game. Give yourself some credit. You might actually know a little bit more football than you think, and don't just say, "Oh, well, if the coach says it, it's true." Because we just live live through an Adam Gase and Todd Bowles era, and they definitely had not made, you know, benefit you know, definitely had not deserved the benefit of the doubt on all of their decisions. So, you know, don't don't write yourself off if you're sitting there at home watching it and, and you're criticizing a first time head uh, first time offensive coordinator for a decision that he's made. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: Movement on the roster, Makai Becton, as we said, goes to IR, as does LaMarcus Joyner. Braden Mann, the punter, going to be out four to six weeks. I thought Matt Amendola might do the dual role and save them a roster spot. But no, they went out and got Thomas Morstead, Blake Cashman on IR. I'll be honest, Nick, I wasn't a huge fan of his coming out of college. And what I just said about him being hurt, that's more or less an evergreen thought. He's constantly hurt. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I just consider him another Mike McKagan sunk cost draft pick. Here are some additions to the roster right now before we get to the active roster. Noah Dawkins, who you remember from training camp in the preseason, the linebacker, he is back. He's going to be on the practice squad. Elijah, not even going to attempt to say his last name. He's an offensive (laughs) lineman. But now the Jets have a third Elijah. He is on the practice squad as well. Jets also add Jared Wilson, who you mentioned before, a safety. Isaiah Williams, another offensive lineman. And B.J. Goodson, the linebacker, who they actually invested a fair amount of money, in, I believe it was one to two million dollars. We've seen him before; he's actually played pretty well in spurts. And for the amount of money the Jets are giving him, you would expect him to get a fair amount of playing time. So, Nick, what do you think about these roster moves? I know that it's not anything amazing; it's the bottom of the roster type stuff. But still, there's some movement here.
1: Yeah, I, I think I like the Goodson move a lot. Actually, I thought. You know, when I saw his name kind of out there amongst, you know, when the KJ Wrights were hanging around and, you know, there was always Goodson and even our old friend Avery Williamson, who they brought in for a workout. When those, those guys were still available, you know, you look at all them and they all seem like a system fit with Salah. Um, and, and the Jets were running a bunch of, you know, six-round picks out there playing um, and undrafted free agents. Those always made sense. So um, it's good to, to see that, you know, while this is a year where they're developing, you can't, you can't send out guys who just can't, put, can't play because it affects everything. You know, there's a trickle down. If you want to develop, you know, same thing when, when a quarterback gets hurt like last year or when Darnold misses games, you can't trot Luke Falk out there because you can't, even if you're developing players in a losing season, how are you going to develop anybody with Luke Falk? You know, so you need to have veterans on a team. I know, I know you want to go young and um, that's fine. You know, the, the secondary looked pretty solid, you know, albeit last week against Sam Darnold, but you know, a guy like Goodson's going to come in. He's not going to steal reps from anybody that you're really gung ho about. Right. You know, so, um, you're going to need bodies. I mean, injuries this year have just seemed like it's been a, you know, a, an epidemic, um, which is crazy. Uh, you know, obviously I guess with, with the lack of hitting now in camp and, you know, the preseason was all out of whack and last year was a weird season. So, um, who knows what the issue is, but there is an issue. Um, and you know, Blake Cashman can, they can just get him out of town. We don't need to see him anymore. Um, and we'll see what they have in these two sixth round picks in Hamsa and, and Sherwood, but you needed another guy there and Good Goodson makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, more, more a 12 year vet. He's, you know, kicked in, a, in, in, the Super Bowl and uh, won a lot of games in New Orleans. Obviously, he's just a punter, uh, but uh, you know you could do a lot worse than him. So um, and Matt Amadola was awesome. It was just really cool, and it was unfortunate that he didn't have a chance to have a scoring opportunity. He did all that kicking, and they were all punts. You know, they went for two twice. Um, so the most excitement he probably had were a few kick or the onside kick. I, I like the Goodson move. I like the the pick pickup. Uh, the rest of the moves, I'm sure, probably just some depth. But the way this year, you know, the summer and now the start of the season is going, these guys are probably going to end up getting snaps at some point.
0: Nick, before we run, anything else we missed or any whispers you've been hearing around the team?
1: Um, there was. So I'm not sure if it was were it, was the Jets. It, it you know, could be because they're always interested. But I do know uh, one guy who has gotten a lot of calls, it, it's the other New York team, is their other safety now. Um, Jabril Peppers has gotten some interest around the league. A lot of teams are calling about him. Um, so that's one name that I've heard teams have called. I'm not sure if the Jets were one of them. Wouldn't surprise me if they were. They were, um, But he's somebody who could get moved. Uh, you know, they're playing their uh, Alabama safety. Who they drafted two years ago who missed his rookie season, uh, McKinney. And they have Logan Ryan playing back there. So he seems to be a bit out of favor um with the Giants so he's somebody who I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved and um spoke with Crowder earlier today and said he's good to go I think he's technically he's cleared I think they just have to there is one more like formality um but he'll be practicing tomorrow so it'll be good to get him out there He'll, he'll help out a lot especially in a game like this against New England where you know Zach's gonna have to get the ball out and uh, you know Crowder is great at finding you know open spots and and you know if, if you know one thing about Bill Belichick is he takes your number one target away so Corey Davis I'm sure is going to see that blanket all you know all game on Sunday so Crowder is going to be the one who's going to be relied on along with Elijah Moore who had a horrific debut um, so those two guys are going to see a lot of time and I'm sure we'll see the great Braxton Berrios and Jeff Smith out there so then um, can't forget Keelan Cole so Uh, Those guys better be ready to make some plays because, you know, Belichick is going to be locking down Corey Davis.
0: Nick Spano, co-founder of U-Stadium, thanks so much for hopping on and talking about all the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. If you want to be in the know, if you want to know everything that's going on, including what Nick just talked about, the whispers about Jabril Peppers, there's one thing you need to do if you haven't done it already. Download the app, right, Nick?
1: Yes, sir. Turn those notifications on and you'll get it all.
0: Go ahead and download the U-Stadium app. Also check them out at U-Stadium.com and at ustadium on Twitter. And check out everything that we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play like a Jet YouTube channel. Luke Grant has been doing some fantastic videos. He's got a film review up right now of Zach Wilson. He's got one. For Elijah Vera Tucker as well Plus, as you know, Luke is the co-host Of Play Like a Jet Live Wednesday nights In conjunction with U-Stadium With Clayton Smarslock So check them out live Wednesday nights as well And subscribe to our YouTube channel If you haven't done so already Also, give us a five-star review For the podcast on iTunes If you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and
1: play like a jet.com